to No Wheel Knowledge. This week's episode, Amy and I, Polina, cover the Belgian GP. Admittedly, this is a shorter episode, but we cover essentially all the interesting bits of the race, as well as a slightly more in-depth fashion discussion towards the end there. This is a rather mellow episode, so we hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello! And welcome back to No Wheel Knowledge. It's been a hot second since we've recorded. It has. Yeah. That's our fault. We're sorry. Um, we've had stuff going on. It's <laughs> been at that. a time. <laughs> but yeah, we are back and we're back to talk about spa. Actually, first and foremost, we should talk about everything that happened over the summer break. We talked about the first two days of silly season and then nothing happened yeah. for three weeks. It was just silence everyone was on their you know holidays on their boats while we were out here panicking about who is actually going to alpine mostly about that yeah did you see that the hearing finally happened? some people are saying that he might have no seat but i don't know i hope not they met on monday we should know by the end of the week what is your gut telling you my gut's saying mclaren my gut's saying mclaren and my gut is also saying all French lineup at Alpine next year. <laughs> That'd be cool. No French That'd Grand Prix cool. though. Yeah, so all French lineup for Alpine. And then there's the question of Alpha Tauri and whatever the hell is happening over there. Uh, the mm. one good thing that did get did get kind of confirmed, but not fully, fully, is that Alfa Romeo's lineup seems to be the same for next year. They're um, happy with one. Mercedes, I think. Yeah, I think the ones, the ones that are definitely staying, Mercedes, Red Bull, um, Alfa Romeo look good for next year. Yeah. And everyone else is swapping in one Switcheroo. way. Switcheroo. Yeah. But yeah, and then literally two days before Spa happened, we find that Daniel's getting dropped. I think it was you who sent me that TikTok of him alone with his headphones on in the garagey bit. Oh my god, yeah. I watched it three times. I sent it to my mum and she was like, This is so depressing. <laughs> this is not funny. Um, because Daniel at least some of the other drivers found him before the GP. Yeah, that was cute when they all came and sat with him. With but he's the reason why I got into Formula One. Like, I can't have him leave. Honestly, it's less so a loss for any particular team and more so a loss for, like, the entire sport. He elevates that sport. I'm sorry. He brings humor to that sport. He brings just Daniel to that sport. He is... Amazing. He is every PR manager's walking dream. He he's just effortlessly effort I can never say that word. Effortlessly I can't say it. Funny. And like <laughs> always up to talk to he's so polite to every single like yeah. what's it called camera person or um interviewer, reporter. He treats them yeah, all so yeah. it gives them their full attention. So it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. It's a big media loss for the sport if he does end up getting completely booted, but hopefully it'll just be like a year-long sabbatical or something. Yes, and then a swift return. But on to spot self with the weekend starting. I guess there's a couple things to mention with the track. I don't know if you saw it. They reprofiled Eau Rouge. They changed how it looks. Yeah. Was that because it was unsafe or just wanted to change? Because... Everyone's been pushing for it for ages. Um, And then we had a few announcements coming into the weekend. 
the one I enjoyed the most was that Liam Lawson got to do FP1 for Alpha Tauri and he was in Pierre's car, not in Yuki's car. Yeah, I saw that. That was cool. Yeah, so that was cool. Uh, and then there were some upgrades brought in. Ferrari had rear and beam wings that they brought. Mercedes also brought reprofiled floors, which they were expecting to give them to an advantage. <laughs> we saw how well that turned out. Um, and then with FP1 starting, everyone was like, oh yeah, by the way, half the grid has penalties? That was insane. The amount of penalties. Like, just be able to start in like P15. Because... Yeah. The weekend started and everyone was like, oh yeah, Max and Charles are going to the back of the grid. Yeah, it was like, great. Incident. Woo. (laughs) And then more and more names started getting added to the list. Like Pierre at the very end, just casually starting in the pit lane. Like, as you do. Yeah, Friday, the list by the end of the day was Max, Lando, Charles, Valtteri, and Esteban. And everyone was like, oh yeah, Mick gets a 10 place penalty. So he's going to start in the middle of the grid somewhere, hopefully. And then he got sent to the back of the grid as well. And then by Sunday, they were like, oh yeah, Yuki's starting from pit lane. He technically should be back of the grid, but because it's a late penalty, it's pit lane. And then for some reason, they put Pierre in the pit lane as well. I will function as Lena here and say that it's a conspiracy to lessen the number of people in front of Max. Well, yeah, that's what everyone thinks. But yeah, no one is going to say it, but sort of thinking. Mm-hmm. Nothing super interesting happened with practice sessions. Saturday, they also told, uh, told us that Guan Yu was being sent to the back of their grid as well. Mm-hmm. So at that point, qualifying was really just like a toss up of who can push who out where rather than, oh, let's qualify as best we can. Yeah. We started with a delay in qualifying. Valtteri, for some reason didn't make it past 20th yeah did he have a problem or i think i think he'd have been having mechanical issues all weekend because he didn't come out for the first practice session at all i noticed that yeah i think he must have had um issues because it was really weird his times were so bad it was a strange one i think alfa romeo were having mechanical problems um but in the first session Vettel got knocked out just barely. Just Dude. barely. It was two thousands. Who was it that he lost to again? I can't even remember. I think it was Guan Yu. Or maybe Lance. Oh. I think it was Lance. Maybe it was Lance. In Q1, it was also Latifi and Magnuson who got knocked out. Which Haas were like, we got the wrong Haas knocked out in Q1. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Q2, then it was Mick... Lance, Guan Yu, Pierre, and Daniel, who got knocked out. Daniel also just barely didn't make it. And then Q3, we actually see the Ferrari trying to make their strategies work, but... Trying being the word. (laughs) Yeah, trying keyword. Uh, They sent out Charles, like, perfectly timed to give Carlos a toe. Put on, like, new tires. Yeah, to give Carlos a toe. Why? I don't know. But Carlos didn't even manage to improve his time. On top of that, Max set one time in Q3 and got out of the car and no one beat it. I mean, I've never seen that before. I've never, ever seen someone just get out of the car and start having their like interview, basically. 
And it wasn't that he got out because he knew he was going to get sent to the back of the grid. He got out because his time was so good. It's extraordinary. I've never seen it. I mean, I haven't been watching for that long, but I've never seen that. I've never seen Lewis. There was, I'm pretty sure, a second and a bit between Max's and Carlos's time. Uh, It's ridiculous. I really want the FIA to pick apart that car to pieces. Yeah, I mean, when Ferrari had this... Everyone was ringing alarm bells. Someone needs to protest it. Mercedes. <laughs> Toto, Toto, <laughs> projecting. Toto. I've sent you an email. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, final qualifying order without the penalties applied. It was Max P1, then Carlos, then Checo, then Charles, then Esteban, then Fernando, then Lewis, then George, then Alex Albon. In P9. Yeah, Alex. Yeah. Alex was extraordinary. He was so good this week, the whole weekend. Yeah, and then Lando was P10. However, if we apply the penalties, the order switches around completely. Starting from pole, we have Carlos, Checo, Alonso and Hamilton, which we saw how that panned out, um, George and Alex on the third row, Danny and Lance, well, it was going to be Danny and Pierre on the fourth row, but Pierre got moved to the pit lane. So there was an empty spot there. The fifth row was Lance and Seb, so they ended up next to each other. Then it was Latifi and Magnuson, then Bottas and Max, then Charles and Esteban, and then Lando and Guanyu, and then Mick, all the way at the very back. And then we had Yuki, and then Pierre behind him in the pit lane. It got completely swapped around. Yeah, qualifying was basically pointless. <laughs> it was it was kind of pointless, yeah. Then on race day, with all the pre-race stuff, first of all, there were discussions that Mick is no longer at the Ferrari Drivers Academy. Is it true? Oh. I think so. I'm not I haven't seen anything like officially confirmed yet, but everyone who's spoken about it has said that Mick has left the Drivers Academy. Like he's done. Wow, because they're not really giving him the Ferrari seat because they seem happy with Carlos. Yeah, so there were more silly season discussions. I actually really enjoyed the sit-down that Rachel had with Daniel. That one was really interesting because she asked the difficult questions, but I didn't feel like she like poked at him, you know? Mm-hmm. It was more so just like, oh yeah, people yeah. want to know the answers to this. Like We did find out that people have been calling Daniel, so he has been in talks, but no one has yet confirmed his seat. Um, less talking more signing please and then there was this bit with Otmar Safnauer talking about Alpine's relationship with Oscar yeah I think I joined when this was happening did you see what he said about Oscar the stuff about how I can't remember what he said he said something a bit awkward wasn't he saying he was a good driver no he said I wish he valued his integrity a little bit more and I was like, Oh, I didn't catch that part. <laughs> no, Otmar was going for like Oscar as a person. Oh, really? Calling him like a guy without integrity that he didn't honor his contract and stuff like that. Yeah, there was that. It was interesting. And before the race started, we also got one more good announcement, which is that Spa is on the calendar for 2023. Yeah. Not going anywhere from next year. We shall see past that because they haven't extended it past that. Race day, race start. We're all really excited. <laughs> we all got really excited. First corner, I I kept on being excited because Lewis got 
past Checo immediately. He was so fast. He was so good. What a he start. Was pushing. Mans was on it. And then he didn't check his blind spots. Well, there's no real way to check your blind spots in Formula One. So his blind spots failed him. And bonk, he went into Fernando Alonso. The pain. The pain I felt. Yeah. After that start as well. Yeah, that was a rough one. And it, fl- it was actually quite a scary one. Like it-, it was a spooky one. But I also have in my notes, uh, in parentheses, was a tad stupid. Yes, it was a bit stupid. That's what I thought as well. Yeah, I I feel like he's not. He doesn't usually make those sorts of mistakes, so it's very uncharacteristic. No, no it was very uncharacteristic. I kind of get it as well because I feel like in that car, if you don't really push and get ahead of those cars at the start, you're just gonna get bogged down. But yeah, also Alonso. <laughs> the impact happened, and Fernando seemed to get away unscathed. So I was still crossing my fingers. He's fine. But then Lewis started smoking, and I was like, fuck, not this. I say, stop the car. Stop the car. Stop the car. And he just walked home. He walked home. Well, first of all, I don't know if you've seen the videos. First, he was examining and inspecting his car, as him and Sebastian do. Then walked over to the marshals. The marshals handed him a fire extinguisher. He walked over, extinguished his own car... And then walked But why was he on his own? I don't understand that at all. No, I don't Because I saw a video of a Marshall car literally going past where he was. That's ridiculous. To get to somewhere else. I think he was going somewhere else, but like very bizarre. It was very strange. And on top of that, um, they just did one of the like uh, race brief videos with mercedes that they do with is oh, james okay. Fowles? i think it's james Fowles. james Fowles, yeah would you like to take a guess at how many g's lewis's impact was 46 very close 43 45 and a half so you were i saw that to be fair i yeah. actually did <gasps> i kind of saw it <laughs> <laughs> i can't lie but um so, yeah it, what was the um silverstone one that silverstone the, one for you know, Wanyu? Or no, for Max. Max, 51. Where okay. the hell was the med car? Literally, where was it? I really hope they address it because it's a little bit disturbing otherwise. And then then, then the FIA has the gall to get on his ass and be like, you didn't go to the med center. I'm sorry, what? I know. It's like the jewelry thing. Is Do you have, are you tone deaf? Are you literally tone deaf? You didn't send the medical car for him. Of course he's not going to go to the med center. He's going to go back to his trailer. Be with Angela. That's what I would do. Yeah, find Angela. She them. can check him out. Give him, give him the all clear. But and right as that was happening, and they were under yellow flags rather than any safety car. George kind of finagled his way up to third. A few corners down the line, Latifi, Latifi, and yep. Bottas, right? Yeah, because Latifi got into the gravel. His nose stepped out, and he was going to hit Valtteri. Valtteri avoided him, but Valtteri then got himself beached. The slander for Latifi on Twitter after that race was just yeah, that was extraordinary. That was a whoopsie. A big whoopsie. Yep. yep. However, Latifi got kind of unscathed from this one. He just had to come back for a new wing. Valtteri's car was done. So I think Valtteri and Lewis went off to celebrate his birthday. A hundred percent. Come on. They're, they're crafty. They know how to get out of stuff on a Sunday. 
<laughs> they probably went back to their teams, saw the replays. Of course, Lewis first apologized to his team, which we saw. He then saw the replay of Valtteri's crash, and I'm guessing he picked up the phone and was like, do you want to go get dinner? Let's go get dinner. <laughs> Let's talk about these absolute fools. A hundred percent. Some nice vegan place. I hope they had a peaceful evening after that. Unlike us, who has to watch the rest. Because after that, nothing happened in that race. No, literally nothing happened. It was the most like, boring I fell asleep at was, one point. You were doing uni work or something. I was doing uni work and I was watching TikToks. Um... Oh yeah, because literally the other stuff that I have is there was passing, there was passing, but it wasn't Esteban Ocon. Esteban okay, Ocon? Esteban's, Esteban's moves were very impressive. He was channeling his inner Mika Hakkinen, which is great. <laughs> yeah. um, however, that's also a point of discussion because part of the reason that his passing was so powerful was because of the DRS zone and the way it's set up. Yeah, I think it was too strong. It was way too strong. If you look at, for example, like there was, I think it was because Esteban at one point passed Sebastian and someone else. Because it was such a long straight. Yeah, it was Sebastian and someone else. But the thing is that prior to like the two corners before the DRS, Sebastian had passed, I think it was Pierre. Sebastian had passed Pierre. Oh, he was okay. he was ahead, but because the DRS detection line is so close to where the DRS zone actually is, Pierre is the one that got DRS, and Esteban got DRS behind Pierre. And didn't Shaw get like stuck in a DRS chain because everyone was just getting DRS? So Pierre got around Sebastian again, and Esteban just kind of blasted past both of them. I love that. It was probably the highlight of the race for me. <laughs> that was honestly that was probably the most um the fact that max went from 14th to 8th in one lap and then no one i didn't see a single interesting battle on track with him i mean a lot of people say it's because they're friends with him i kind of think it's just because they're being told it's not your race like don't race yeah. him. like it's pointless nobody could race with him i mean They'd have people have to start the race on Sunday morning, and then rate and then Max can start at two o'clock, and then maybe there'll be a chance. <laughs> but, no, but honestly, I think first of all that. Second of all, because no one, I don't remember anyone. I mean, even when Ferrari wasn't in its heyday, when they were having their trials and tribulations of 2020, it wasn't like they weren't racing or trying to race Mercedes. They were definitely trying. Yeah, they were putting yeah. up a fight. I feel like everyone's been told, oh, don't race Max. He, he won't be able to beat him. Not just because of how fast the car is, but because unlike Lewis, the guy will not give you space. Yeah, I just think there's like, it's an unsaid thing by this point. If yeah. you see a red bull in your mirror, move aside. Don't get way because it's safer. Exactly. No, but was it the W11 that was the really, really dominant Mercedes car? Yeah, yeah even... In that era, I've never seen that performance. Like, it was never that dominant. Starting it was dominant. from close to the back of the grid to go to first in within, like, what? Less than 10 laps. Max got into the lead, pitted, and got back into the lead. So he already also was able to make a pit stop by lap 18. That is extraordinary. But how is no one talking about this? 
I don't know. And then on top of that, he you know how far ahead he finished the race? It's like 17 seconds or something. Yeah, or it, was, it was close to 20 seconds. Close and to that was from his teammate. That was his teammate as well. Yeah. Not even another competitor. Yeah. Mind you, can I just say that he didn't seem to be able to get past Perez? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, move aside. <laughs> We're wasting time. Like, Max, you're not wasting time. You could literally break down and probably be repaired and still win the race. Like, it, yeah. it was insane. The camera stopped showing him. <laughs> like, they did, which, thank God, there were more interesting things to see. Um, exactly. It was, it was just a really, really weird, weird dominance. Like, so much so that it doesn't feel But it's like not it's even dominance. It's like, it's kind of just makes the whole sport uncompetitive. Like, the championship is done, basically. Um, and nobody can win. I have a suggestion. Okay, what's your solution? I'd love to hear it. Formula One would love to hear it. Other race series, specifically DTM, they have this thing, and they have this in other race series as well, but DTM is, DTM in an IndyCar, they have this. It's called success ballast. Do you know what that is? No. You have to explain it, I'm afraid. So success ballast, it is added weight. Uh, it's literally just like sacks of weight that are added to a car. Really? Okay. If you finish in third or above. So for example, okay. in DTM, if you finish third, I think they add five kilos to the car. If you finish second, they add 10 kilos. And if you finish first, they add 15 kilos. Wait, sorry. When do they add the kilos? For the next race or after qualifying? For the next race. For the next race. Okay, okay. Once you win a race, you're disadvantaged for the next one to allow someone else the advantage. And do the bags go if you don't become first? If you don't win the next race, the bags disappear. They take them away. That is so cool. It's only for the one race after a win. And if you win that next race, then they keep them, obviously. But if you don't, then you don't you are no longer disadvantaged for the race after that. But it is exactly to prevent this kind of dominance. It's trying to stop filling that red ball up. Fill it up to the top <laughs> with bags. But but you know, like, I don't know, twenty kilos of success ballast on that car, and that should be more than enough. More than enough. More than enough. This is a beautiful solution. To a big problem yeah. <laughs> because I'm no longer excited. I honestly think Formula One would be so entertaining if success ballast was a thing in the sport. I think it'd be so much fun. I wonder if anyone's ever brought it up. I've never heard of it, I'm afraid, but like that means nothing. Um, Is it most endurance, especially endurance series, use success ballast? It sounds like awesome. Sports car That's great. Yeah. It's a wonderful idea. It's not so great if you're the one that won, but. No, obviously, but. That's the, you know, that's the whole point of it. Um, yeah, so, oh, thing to note, there were no investigations for any of the starting incidents. Like, no one got investigated at all. Mm. They looked at them, they're like, eh. Starting incident. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's good. And... What about Charles's, like, last lap thing? Uh, fastest lap. Oh, his 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 fastest Attempt. lap adventure. His little adventure. Yeah. But before that, before that, um, actually midway through the race, Checo and Charles were racing each other and Charles was trying to get past. And there's the question of whether or not Checo squeezed Charles off of the track. 
Oh, I might have been asleep then. I can't remember that. No one investigated anything. No one noted anything. They were just like, that I've never heard of Checo not being investigated during a racing incident. Yeah, that one was new. Um, and also Ferrari, for some reason, executed a double stack this race, which I'm not sure if it was necessary. I mean, the funniest thing is trying to get a fastest lap, losing position, getting a time penalty for speeding in the pit lane, and also having to abort fastest lap because you're trying to overtake the whole lap. <laughs> It was so fucking funny. But yeah, for anyone who didn't see this absolute shit show of a Ferrari strategy, they bring in Charles, literally with one lap left, put him on fresh, soft tires, let him back out. And for some reason, they didn't account for the fact that Fernando was right behind him. It's like a horror, it's like Jaws, you know, when they're like coming up. <laughs> it was awful. He comes out in the pit lane and you see this blue Alpine behind like, him. Just like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> exactly i was just there like i wasn't even surprised though do you know what i mean i was just like of course of course it's ferrari of course ferrari oh do this and then he got the position back and then lost it again yep so no fastest lap for him that fastest lap went to max also one point all of that for one point they're not in a championship battle (laughs) and Charles comes back, gets into the pit lane, and manages to speed? I mean, you couldn't write it. If I told you that happened, you'd say, no way, not in modern Formula 1. They have so much data. Yeah, he gets a five-second penalty. He gets a five-second penalty and then gets demoted behind but Alonso again. Alonso is like, you know when you have a cold and it keeps coming back in the week? Like, you think it's gone, but it comes back like the next day and it's like, Oh my god, get lost. Like the lem sip isn't working. <laughs> but it's just yeah. like a horror movie with him. However, however, do you know where Charles's speeding issue came from? Why why he even sped in the pit lane? I just kind of thought it was when he was coming in. No, um his sensor for the pit lane, there's a sensor that or like speed limit in the car but it's located in a certain area that is accessible just by air. What happened was, at some point during the start of the race, after all the first lap incidents, Max Verstappen pulls off his tear-off because of the amount of dirt and grime that had been kicked up in his face, throws it to the wind, said tear-off, gets stuck in Charles Leclerc's sensors, which is why they had to pit him so early Swap his tires and pull the tear off out from under his brake ducts. Oh, it never ends. <laughs> it never ends. I've never heard no, of that happening. Max literally pulled a Mario Kart banana peel move. <laughs> it's a total red shell. That is completely t- <laughs> blue shell. <laughs> Wee! You know, that very, is so very annoying. Mario. I mean, it's so unfair, but. I mean, to be fair, he would never have won anyway, but still, unfair. However, however, this does bring into question, why do drivers toss out toss out their tear-offs rather than doing what our environmentally conscious king, Sebastian Vettel, does with his tear-offs, which is stick them to the side of his cockpit? Yes, that would be much, first of all, safer. Second of all, environment. Second of all, you're not Third literate. of all, like, easier. 
exactly exactly oh now I feel a bit bad though because I was just being like oh Charles is such like you know a, you know a bit of a donkey for like a speedy in the pit lane but it totally was his fault okay I was cleared was up his, in my brain the sensors were gone dead so he got himself a f- an additional five seconds for speeding in the pit lane at the end of the race and it just it was a mess it was really the icing on the cake the cherry on top of the uh, spa weekend truly truly so our final race order max checo so it was a red bull one two carlos Blech. thank god for ferrari managed to get on the podium george continued his top five race streak then it was fernando fifth charles sixth esteban seventh sebastian eighth pierre ninth Alex still managed to get a point. He he held on. He held on. And he ended up in the points at the end. He was going to come home from Spa with a point or nothing. <laughs> you know? Then it was uh, then Lance, then Lando, then Yuki, then Guan Yu, then Daniel, then the two hosses, Mick behind Mac- Magnuson, then Latifi, and then we had Valtteri and Lewis DNF. So that was the end of that race. I didn't stick around for any of the interviews <laughs> it's not one to watch it's not one for the memories um the podium was depressing cool down room was depressing cool down room it was literally just them watching the first lap incidents and being like oh yeah that happened yeah but i felt like max was kind of looking as if like you see you see what i was up against last year like i don't know i got that vibe but maybe I was hallucinating. Um, but um, yeah, then interviews. I didn't really watch them. I was a bit done. I feel like I oh, wasted the one interesting interview. The one interesting interview was the one with Lewis after the race, where they oh, yeah, that one was interesting. I watched Fernando that one. said over the radio. Fernando said, "Oh, this guy doesn't know how to start from anywhere but first. And but even before, well, the interviewers were like, "Do you not want to know what he said?" And he's like, "It doesn't matter. I don't really care." And I was like, "Wow." Hello. Unbothered. Unbothered. Truly. Villain era incoming. And then he pulls the fantastic move this morning and he's like, oh yeah, Fernando Alonso, guess what? I have a hat for you. A signed hat. A signed one. I found that a little, not wholesome. I don't know what would be below wholesome, but like it amused me. The whole like thing. It's petty, but in like an affectionate way, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, and the photo yeah. that Alonso posted on Historia, I found that quite—it's fun. I think like it was—they look like some PR manager has been like, "Guys, now we're doing this now Smile. today." <laughs> Trying to wrangle petulant children who don't like each other. Exactly. So like when you have to pose at school in like a school photograph, and you're sat next to that person you don't like. Oh, and um I wanted to see what your thoughts were about George showing up in a Daniel Enchante hoodie. I I first thought that um that he bought it as support to like Daniel and like his his friend. That's what I thought. <laughs> that's what that's what I also thought because these two were good friends. Yeah, I thought it was like, oh I'll buy your merch if you buy my merch, like a joke. Or like, hey, Daniel shouldn't be leaving the sport kind of thing. Yeah, I think it was just like a maybe a subtle like kind of nod. But apparently, this is according to Kim Ilman, who I have certain thoughts about, um, who took the picture that everyone was like, oh, George is wearing Danny merch. 
uh, according to Kim, the merch is actually Carmen's. But why does she have Daniel merch? Because which female F1 fan does not have Danny merch? That's very valid. I mean, valid. But um, I don't know. I kind of prefer our version. I can't lie. <laughs> yeah, I'm same here. Maybe it's a mix. I I it's well. a mix. Maybe he knew that it was sweater. So, Amy, who is your driver of the day for... Oh my god, it was so hard because I wanted to give it to Sebastian. I wanted to give it to Esteban. I wanted to give it to George. I wanted to give it to... There's someone else. can't remember who it was. But I think I'm going to give it to Sebastian. Alex is my driver of the weekend. Like, the whole weekend. And Sebastian is the driver of the day. Yes, okay, got it, yeah, gotcha. Good, good. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Makes, makes a lot of sense, yeah. On it, on it, on it. As for fashion, from my end, I was slightly disappointed this weekend by Lewis. I was extremely disappointed. I I was like, Law Roach, you have some Hello? redemption. <laughs> you need to wake up. <laughs> you better do better in um, Netherlands. I want all have orange. Have you seen his outfit? Today, what color is today... It? He's wearing all white. Oh, yeah, all I white. think I have seen that. And he looks fantastic. It's, uh, I wouldn't say wool, but it's like like a super soft white sweater with a cutout, like right at the top of his chest. But it's a turtleneck with a cutout right here. A tiny little one, like, I don't know, like a, the size of a sand dollar, I'd say. Um, That's very specific. Very specific. <laughs> I love that. And it's like white track pants and a white jacket over that. But last weekend, I genuinely expected... Let me pull up Rashi's account because I, I love her. She's so cool. She's amazing. Because um, Thursday he showed up in the like all green one piece. I have mixed feelings on. I think if it was a little more fitted, I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah, it was a bit... It's a little baggy. I don't know, but it was... The second day he was wearing all pink, which including like the pink... Uh, balaclava essentially which is a statement it is definitely a statement it's not necessarily my kind of statement but it's a statement I think it would have been very interesting if he wore the sweater that was initially designed with that look I think some of them that weekend were just a bit hit and miss showing like they're nearly there because the the sweater that was originally designed for this look has heart-shaped cutouts running down the sides Oh, that would have been nice. And I think if Law had styled him in the original sweater, I think it would have looked a little bit better. The pinks kind of clashed. His outfit on Saturday, though, the green sweater and just the jeans, it's nice and simple. It worked. It worked. It worked. He looked soft and very comfy. Yeah, I like that was my favorite. The green one was the best, but it's not his best look, if you go what I mean. Yeah. No. And then Sunday, he wore the red camo with the red cardigan over it i think if he didn't have the cardigan it would have looked a lot better the cardigan is throwing me off yeah i think he made him look a bit bulky but not in like a good way like it lost your shape he he lost yeah lost shape i think that's the best way to put it yeah um but yeah but here's here's what he's wearing today i don't know why this man is all bundled up it is like 24 degrees here today it is warm he always wears crazy stuff even when it's hot i'm like how are you wearing that Everyone else is in shorts. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I, he's probably... Man's is overheating. I hope... At least I hope he isn't. I hope he's taking care of himself. Um, but yeah, it's warm here today. And I'm, it's only going to get warmer this weekend too. Like, spa, the weather was projected to be, like, kind of sunny-ish. It's going to be 26 degrees on Sunday. 
but we might get a wet qualifying by the way so really and didn't you say that mm-hmm. qualifying times have changed as well is that because of the rain or just um no they changed session times for this weekend i'm not 100 percent sure why they just kind of swap them i think they are um I think they weren't initially planning on W Series coming, but now the W Series is coming oh. to the Netherlands. I hope it's a good one, though. Me too. I really hope But so. I don't but, have that I mean, much is interesting when it comes to qualifying. I don't mm-hmm. remember the race last year to be very interesting, though. I think the I race last year was remember really boring. It. I remember it being a bit of a procession, but hopefully this time. Orange smoke. Yeah, we'll see. Do you have any crystal ball predictions? Max will win by 44 seconds um there'll be a lot of orange smoke (laughs) um i do think speaking of orange smoke they apparently apparently i heard this through various tumblr sources belgian (laughs) the belgian grand prix at spa they were supposedly checking whether or not people brought flares guess what people still got flares in I heard a bunch of people How? talk about them banning flares, but there were still a bunch of flares in Spa. I mean, there were so many flares. I wouldn't be surprised if me miles away and I see like orange smoke drifting down. Yeah, from you sun like a nightmare. But like, imagine if one of the Mercedes um, Giro won there. <laughs> That'll be an interesting weekend. I. See, the thing is, when Max won last year in Zonvoort, a lot of duchies went out partying that evening. So it was, it was a loud Sunday mm-hmm. night. I have a feeling that the country will go silent <laughs> if one of the Mercedes wins on Sunday. Yeah, it's just dead silence. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think you need to worry. I think it's going to be a loud Sunday night after last week. But we can hope. Oh, God. <sighs> okay. Well, I think that wraps up Spa. It was not much to talk about, to be honest. I mean, besides silly season continuing, like that's really the only interesting thing that's happening at the moment. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, um, Lando and his girlfriend broke up. Oh yeah, that all. Which was weird. The fact that he feels compelled to have to post about it on social media is wrong. I yeah. Really think he should have to do that. It's unfortunate. But, you know, he was going to get berated either way. I feel like he was damned if he didn't, damned if he didn't. So exactly, exactly. I feel really bad for both of them, but I hope that they're both okay. Yeah, I mean, they probably are. Eh, not our lives, and you know? And well done to Polina for recording with a headache. That takes, takes bravery. <laughs> Courage. Very impressive. <laughs> In these trying times. <laughs> and... I want to say thank you on air to Amy for sending us all a bunch of Silverstone goodies. Don't be silly. I thought it would bring you more luck. Oh, yay! The keyring. The... I'm glad. The keyring's on my I'm backpack. So I've got the hat now as well. So. It suits you. It suits you. Now you're officially uh, my team My is growing. Yeah. Cute. My collection is growing. I now have that. I now have Danny's hat because that one's it's just cute. I have my signed Formula E one, and now I have this one, and now this one needs signatures. You have to go to a race oh, now. You just have to sign the cap. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad it got there with Brexit and everything. Yes. Everything takes so yeah. long to send, but it's ridiculous and expensive too. Thank you. Anyways, we'll wrap up here. We will see you guys next weekend for Zonport. Bye. Bye.